0: This is the best of the Adam Gold show podcast brought to you by coach Pete at capital financial advisory group. Visit us at capitalfinancialusa.com
1: Scott Burnside, longtime hockey writer. You can do Burnside on hockey, sign up for the, uh, for the newsletter, all of that, get the website, go to hurricanes.com, read his stuff. And he joins us. We have him on the, uh, on the Adam Gold show. There he is. There's Scott Burnside. All right, sir. Uh, let's talk about, the uh, the relationship between Natchez and Svechnikov, which obviously has benefited uh, both players this year. Um, so, w- when did you decide to uh, to do this story? Yeah.
0: Well, Adam, obviously my timing wasn't entirely impeccable on that <laughs> because I chatted with both uh, Svechnikov and Natchez, uh before uh, Andre Svechnikov's season-ending injury. So, that uh, blunted the impact of, uh, of, of, of that piece uh, somewhat, but uh, still I think a valid, um, you know, way to explore how do young players, especially European players yeah. who have become so critical to the future of the organization, you know, how does their friendship benefit, you know, not just their own personal growth, but also the growth of the team and what, and, you know what the expectations are moving forward because there's no question that the expectations for both those players, first-round picks um, and very high picks. Uh, you know how do they how, how do they ride out adversity? How do they confront things uh, that don't go their way? And I think you know certainly you know the story of Martin Netchas is is uh, um, is one that that shows you know, that you do need to be patient and that, that good things can come if you uh, are patient and I think if you have a strong support network and, um, you know, Marty Netchas is very candid about how important his relationship with Andre Svechnikov has been, especially through a very difficult time um, as we saw last year, not um, the kind of season that, uh, the, that Marty Netchas was hoping to have or, or that the organization wanted, but, you know, a real belief in the fact that he could um, tap into those significant um, areas of promise and, and uh, potential. And and I would argue he now, uh, he might be the single most important player on that team heading into the playoffs outside of Frederick Anderson, maybe in terms of being able to fill the void offensively um, without Max Pacioretty or Andre Svechnikov, both of whom, You know, we're expected to be key contributors come playoff time.
1: Scott Burnside is with us at Overtime Scott B on Twitter. You lead me exactly where I was headed Um, because I do think that, yes, they are close, and I think they have positively influenced each other. And I wonder if the absence of Svechnikov, because uh, Natus has taken an enormous step forward this year, But I wonder if the absence hasn't also caused Marty maybe to try to do too many things because some of the mistakes that he made last year that had nothing to do with not scoring goals but more puck management decision-making things have sort of crept back in over the last couple of weeks, coincidentally, since Andre's injury. I wonder if he's just trying to compensate for his friend. Well, I
0: don't think there's any doubt that everyone in that lineup feels you know, first of all, you have the Max Pacioretty situation, yep. um, you know, which really is, you know, with all due respect to Max Pacioretty, really not a factor with this team this year, right? I played a handful of games. Five, um, yeah. And so, you know, and, and so it's not like you, you know, to me, Svechnikov is so different, A, because he plays the game, um, you know, with with such exuberance and he does so many important things. You know, his physicality, his ability to, um, both make plays and to score, all those kinds of things. And I know at the, you know, towards the, um, the end before the injury that Nechas and Svechenkoff were, weren't playing together as certainly as much as they were early in the season. But I think there is a certain amount of pressure throughout the lineup, given the expectations that this team has that, You know, when you combine Pacioretty and Spectrikoff, there's 80 to 90 goals (laughs) during the course of regular season if both were healthy, um, you know, that are gone. And and come playoff time, and I think we saw this in the second-round series against the Rangers last year, where critical times calling for those sort of critical moments offensively, which which didn't pan out as that series against the Rangers wound to its conclusion in game seven. I, I think there's a lot of, of pressure on, especially a guy like Marty Netchas, who has had such a tremendous season, you know, leads the team with 69 points. Um, so I think it's a fair point, Adam, you know, so to me, that's part of the coaching between now and game one next Monday or Tuesday night um, and against whoever it's going to be against. Just do what you no best don't do don't try and do too much more I think it's a natural thing especially given the season that he's had but I think that's a critical that is a critical element of whatever success lies ahead with Carolina Hurricanes is and, and not just for Marty Netchass, but for all those players Seth Jarvis yep. and Sebastian Ajo and table Carolina and Brent Burns and the uh, gospel and all, all the rest of them. It. is it, do what you can do and then you know, trust your teammates to do what they can do. And, I, you know, it's a tall order because, you know, you're missing two critical points, and and we know how difficult it is to score come playoff time. So I think it's a natural thing, but I do think it's one of the great challenges for the coaching staff and and for this roster moving into the first round.
1: I got to ask you about the Eastern Conference, Scott. And maybe it's just about Boston first. I mean, 163 wins in 80 games so far. I, I don't even know how – they weren't supposed to be that good at the beginning of the season. Do you remember Remember how they went out and we thought, well, Bergeron might retire, uh, Marsha and McAvoy, they're going to have surgery. By, like, And 63 wins already. Who's beating them?
0: 888-843-0013
1: or text Adam to 600-700. Adam Gold is a paid spokesman. Investment advisory services offered by Capital Financial Advisory Group, a North Carolina registered investment advisor.
0: Well, yeah, I know it's a great question. And I don't know, I don't know who beats them, but I know they're beatable because every team is beatable. And I think history shows you that winning the president's trophy is, is one thing. And it is not necessarily linked intrinsically to playoff success. It it just isn't. I mean, there's no greater example than the Florida Panthers, who, you you know, hanging on to a wild card spot by, you know, the skin of their fingertips as we head into the last week of the regular season, after, you know, blowing the doors off the competition during last year's regular season, winning a President's Trophy. And really, you know, come playoffs, I'm quite fortunate to beat Washington in the first round last yes. year and then embarrassed by Tampa and a sweep in the second round where I think they scored three goals in four games. So, you know, the Boston is, this is a, I don't compare Boston and Florida. This Boston team, you know, they've got hall of famers and Patrice Bergeron and Brad Marchand is a hall of famer in my book. Uh, David Pasternak may in fact be a hall of famer when he's done yeah. reached the 60 goal plateau <laughs> yesterday. But You know what? This is a team and you go, go back to two or three years ago in Tampa Won 62 games and was swept by the 8C Columbus Blue Jackets. And I know Boston is, they are critically aware of that, of, uh, of the pitfalls that that Tampa team fell into. And I remember talking to John Cooper after the fact, you know, that team had nothing to play for in Tampa for weeks and weeks. It, you know, and was, is there urgency in Boston to set an NHL record? You know, maybe. But that's artificial urgency as far as I'm concerned. To me, the question is going to be when they face adversity, and maybe it'll be in the first round against a Penguins team or Florida or the Islanders, when they face that adversity, how do they respond? Can they elevate their game? What is uh, Linus Olmark going to be like now that he is really the guy? Probably going to win the Vesner Trophy. Um, you know, I think of him in the playoffs last year against Carolina. Looked a little bit overwhelmed by the, the by the the stage and you know has he learned from that right. can he elevate his game how quickly um does jim montgomery the head coach make a goaltending change and go to uh, jerry swayman if things don't go well i mean these are all questions that i think are uh, will be interesting to see how they're answered by a boston team that really has has just decimated the opposition throughout the year you ask who could beat them you know, I, I, I like the way Carolina has played Boston yeah. Um, without any doubt at all. Um, I, Tampa or Toronto in the second round in the Atlantic Division, boy, that would be fun to watch. So I, I don't think they're unbeatable, but you do have to tip your cap to what the Bruins have accomplished this year. I just don't know that it necessarily guarantees any kind of success. Come playoff
1: time. Oh, well, we know enough about the the playoffs in the National Hockey League, and I'll just say that if they draw the Islanders in the first round, I believe that if it's not Andre Vasilevsky, and I know Linus Olmark is going to win the Vesna Trophy, I think Ilya Sorokin's the best goalie in the NHL, not named Andre Vasilevsky. So Agreed. if you're going yep. uh, Boston against somebody as good as that, and I know Boston has won all three games from the Islanders this year, but Simeon Varlamov played all three, uh, if I'm not mistaken, as I looked. At, I looked that up. Uh, so they haven't even had to have the deal with Sorokin yet. I don't know that that's ide- intentional or not on the part of the Islanders, but uh, Sorokin is that good. Of course, the Islanders still going to have to score score on Lina Zolmark at the other end, and that has not been uh, easy for anybody this year. Um, Who's how do you handicap the wild card race? I'll let you go after this, Scott. Uh, we've got three teams, uh, two with uh, what the we have ninety one points each between Florida, the Islanders, ninety with Pittsburgh. Buffalo's not out of it, but uh, they 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 have to win all four and get some help.
0: Yeah, I, it is fascinating to watch. In fact, I just did a uh, um, uh, podcast appearance on a Pittsburgh. Um, publication or broadcast, uh, you know, talking about the Penguins They've made the playoffs every year since 2007. Um, it's been an incredible run for that core of Pittsburgh Penguins and obviously ownership, the uh, slash management yeah. deciding to return that core extend, uh, giving new contracts to a beginning, Malkin and Crystal Tang last off season. I think Sidney Crosby has just been, you know, once again, otherworldly, no one's touching Connor McDavid. Everyone understands right. that, but Sidney Crosby, should be in the Hart Trophy discussion in the sense of, you know, who else is going to be on your ballot if you're part of the PHWA voting on it. And Sidney Crosby has been, you know, outstanding. And in the last couple of games when the Penguins, you know, hit one of the many flat spots they've hit this season, he has been <clears throat> one of the leaders in, in bringing them back to within a point of a playoff spot. I, I think here's the interesting part for me. The, the Islanders and the Penguins both have two, games remaining against soft non-playoff teams. Florida it, it plays a Toronto team that is locked into second place in the Atlantic, but there's lots to play for in Toronto. Of course, the Leafs haven't won a playoff series so far. Mitch Marner could get to 100 points. I know Ilya Samsonov is expected to start, wants to be on a roll <clears throat> as he gets ready to face Andre Vasilevsky in the Tampa Bay Lightning next week. So there is an opportunity, I think, for... The Panthers, to you know, that's a tough um, that's a tough opponent in Toronto, even yeah. though Florida's playing at home. And then, of course, they play the Carolina Hurricanes in both their at both teams' final games. At that stage, could Carolina have wrapped up top spot in the Metro possible? Um, but I also have a sense from the Carolina Hurricanes that this is a team that would like very much to go into the playoffs. You know, at, at a very high gear, I don't know what the plan is vis-a-vis maybe resting, you know, load management for Carolina, but that's a tough matchup for Florida as well. So is there a potential for Florida to lose a game in regulation or to drop two points because the Penguins have to finish ahead of Florida, uh, points wise because uh, Florida owns tiebreaker and regulation wins. Um, I think it, I think it can definitely happen. I, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see Pittsburgh slide in. Um, probably is the second wild card spot, which would set up a first round matchup for Carolina against the Islanders, Boston, Pittsburgh. Um, but I guess we'll know a lot more after tonight.
1: Yeah, soft spot in my heart rooting for Buffalo to get in. Kevin Adams has done an amazing job in restructuring that team, trading Jack Eichel, and they have significantly gotten better. Uh, And I I wish him all the best, and I think Buffalo's also fun to watch. Uh, Scott Burnside, I know I will see you during the playoffs. I appreciate your time, my friend. Anytime. Scott Burnside, overtime, Scott B. Go check out uh, Burnside on hockey. Get the newsletter if you want. Are you ready to buy or sell your home?